Hello? Hello? So what, no fucking ZD now? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Hi, welcome to You Know That Episode. I'm Trev. And I'm Victoria. We're two friends who watch too much TV. We break down iconic episodes of good shows. And bad. And explain why we feel the way we do. Today we're talking about Season 5, Episode 6 of Grey's Anatomy, titled Life During Wartime, which aired on October 30th, 2008. Now, Victoria, what do you have to say about this? I honestly have to, like, scream about this episode a little bit, because I feel (laughs) like it's one of those moments where we see a queer person reckoning with the fact that they are changing and evolving, and they're uncomfortable Mm. by it, but, like... I feel like so often we see these, and this is exactly why I love Miranda's coming out story on um, And Just Like That, because I feel like so often we see queer people who are just like, I'm here, I'm queer, I'm proud of it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Right? But like, I feel like it's also really valuable to see stories of queer people who are just like, I'm here, I'm queer, and I'm scared of it. 100%. Or like, I don't know if I'm queer. Or what kind of queer. I don't know what these feelings are. Or like, what are people going to think of me? Um, I, I'm kind of old to be going through this kind of thing. Or I, I, I should have figured this out a long time ago. Or like, 100%. I have feelings for this guy and for this girl. Like, I don't know. I just feel like this is a very good depiction of what it's like to be coming to terms with your sexuality. And I love, 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 love. And I think it's so valuable when we get a later in life coming out story. Absolutely. Like, I feel like... Another thing is that so many queer depictions in media are like young teens or like people in their like early 20s, like stuff like that. People who just went to college. Usually it's like a college student or a high school student. And yeah. something happens to them and they're like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm gay. But like in this story, and I'm talking about Callie, if you guys haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> I feel like it's that slow burn of a queer storyline where it's like she kind of had these like hints here and there of it and like she was always kind of questioning like what brought her to this point and really not able to like kind of got like stage fright like when she was around Erica a lot yeah and Mark would be like I can see that you're staring at her like we all feel it and we all see it like why won't you just admit it to yourself and there's a lot of reasons why she's not able to or why it makes her uncomfortable but ultimately in this episode we see her like we see her become uncomfortable when somebody else realizes it before her. Yeah, absolutely, and especially like I think because Callie, we know how we know her birthday. She's a Taurus. Yeah, and we know the birth year, so we can we know how old she is in this episode. So like, what this episode premiered in like what two thousand seven, two thousand eight, something like that, two thousand nine maybe. Um, it's the fifth season. It aired October 2008. Yeah, so 2008. So she would have been 35. I literally just said what you, what day it aired. Why? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, 10 seconds ago. <laughs> so she was 35 in this episode. If so we're going go. by. So, like, that. So then, I think it's important to note, because she's still a resident at this point. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, she's still, like, in her residency. Erica's, like, a full-fledged attending cardio god surgeon has worked at multiple hospitals so she's even older she's probably like 40 she's probably like 40 42 like in that range early 40s so i think before we even get into like the plot of the episode obviously we're going to talk a lot about the the leave scene 
and like we've talked about it a lot in the in the pilot when we were talking about like what got us into the show and like this was the episode that made me want to watch the show this is my favorite episode of one through five yeah it's phenomenal and it's but it's so interesting to see the two different versions of like people coming to terms with their queerness where it's like Callie's so confused because Erica says oh she has a revelation she has this revelation where it's like oh is that what it's supposed to feel like every time I've never felt like that with a man I've only ever felt like this with you where Callie's like I felt like this with I men. have so it's her yeah. her reckoning with like is like not understanding that she could just be bisexual yeah. And also Erica reckoning with this late, really, like, not really late in life, but, like, coming out in your 40s is, like... It's significant. It's significant. I mean, it's significant... I mean, the way she compares it is... And this is also oh, rings excellent. so true to me. It rings so true to me as a lesbian woman who wears glasses. I <laughs> realized that I needed glasses when I was in, like, the third grade. And the reason why I knew it is because... And my mom thought I was making it up. But I always used to have to ask people who are sitting next to me, like, what does it say on the on the board? Like, yeah. what does that say? What does that say? What is she saying now? Like, tell me. Like, I would, I kept talking to people during class, and my cl- my teacher at first thought I was just being a disruption, so she would move me to like the front of the classroom, mm-hmm. and then I would get like, I would get, I would be able to read it and understand it. But as soon as she moved me back to my normal spot, I would start doing that again. And then she kind of asked me one day, my teacher literally asked me one day, like, why do you keep talking to everybody? Like. You just like to socialize or like what? And then I was just like, oh, it's because I, I don't know what you're writing. I can't read it. But she damn well knew that I knew how to re- I knew how to read when I was seven years old. So like, yeah. my reading comprehension was not the issue. I just literally could not see it. And she was like, what do you mean you can't read it? And I was like, it's blurry. So then she called my mom and literally told my mom, I think she needs glasses. I had to go get a vision test. Mm-hmm. And that's how they knew I needed glasses. But yeah, her description of it. Oh, my God. I'm like, it's life changing. Right it's it literally it really... is, she's like, she keeps saying like, okay, this is like needing glasses because she's saying that like these blurry green blobs that she had been seeing as a kid turned into trees. And then she says to Callie that you are glasses. And for a queer person, like having that one experience, that life altering experience. That really that makes, makes it click realize, into place. Oh my God. I don't know if everybody has had one. For some people, like I said before, it's probably a slow burn. Kind of like for Callie, she kind of yeah. slowly realizes it. It's not like, wham, I'm queer. She takes a while to process it. And then she finally understands by talking to like her peer network and her support group and like Mark and everybody that she is. But like for Erica and for many people and for me, you have that one experience. It's just like, boom. Yeah. Where I like life changing. Mine was definitely a slow burn where it was just kind of like trickling in, like figuring it out as I went. I didn't have that kind of cathartic, like, oh my god, I, this is what I've been missing out on. But I think it's also just like similarly when you when you are queer and you do find that person where it's like, oh, this is the ease that I've been missing. And I think Erica also feels that too with Callie, where it's like she just feels because Erica's so fucking uptight, and we see that a lot in this episode too. Yes, where I think she just kind of finds. She's able to fall into the motions with Callie really easy, which also is what kind of sets this whole thing apart for her, too. It's just such a good depiction of, like, two people realizing their queerness in very different ways and very different identities. It's just so perfect because I feel like... It's also really early in the episode, which I did not remember. 
Oh my god, I love that it's early in the episode because the rest of the episode is Callie reckoning yeah. with that and reckoning with her discomfort after that revelation that Erica has. Like, why don't I feel the same way? Or why why is what she's saying so scary to me? Yeah, she almost she's feels like, like she's doing it. something wrong. Yeah, so she says to Mark, like, I'm trying to prove a point. And we'll get to that later. But I just feel like she's trying to figure it out why she didn't have that moment of, like, huge catharsis after they slept together for her. It was just like, I don't know. I feel like as a queer person, sometimes you have those experiences and it's awkward when your partner or the other person doesn't. And that can often happen when like one person is more comfortable in their sexuality and one person isn't, or one person's further along in their coming out journey and one person isn't. Erica is brand new. And so is Callie, though. She's yeah. never slept with a woman. But I think for Callie, she's like, why isn't this such a big deal for me? And but why Callie also huge... feels a lot more sexually liberated than Erica as a character. Yeah. So I think that yes. also plays a big factor in it, too, where it's like, Callie's having casual sex. We see that happen. And she's been married yeah. before and cheated on and all this. So it's like, there's a lot more there. That's why the bisexual thing is so important, though, because I think the reason it's so impactful for Erica is because she realizes she only likes women and she realizes she's never been happy in her experiences with men before. So for her, it's like, okay, my sex life up to this point has been a blur, like it was before yeah, no I had standouts. glasses. And then now I've the had sex with a woman, I can see clearly. Yeah, it's such a perfect analogy. It like, really fucking is. It really is so fucking perfect. Like, because I've definitely, I feel like every queer person, even if it isn't as, maybe dramatic isn't the right word, but dram- I'll say dramatic, as Erica having sex with Callie and being like, holy shit, like that kind of aha moment. I feel like every queer person has had their glasses moment at one way or another, whether it's like in a relationship or friendships or just realizing something about their identity where it's like, it could be as easy as like finding the right pair of jeans. Mm. to like have that clear moment where you're like oh my god this makes me feel so comfortable this is what i've been missing out on so to i so to put that with like something as so impactful as like queerness and your identity and how that changes your view of the world and all that it's it's a it's so fucking good it's one of the best scenes in the whole show it's one of the best monologues in the whole show oh my god um uh, what is her name Brooke Smith fucking Brooke Smith. crushed this episode. So good. It's really just, it's such an excellent scene. And Callie's reaction is so uncomfortable as a viewer, but like understandable. Like I, I get it. Callie being very uncomfortable is very awkward too. Yeah. Like Erica's waiting for her to like kind of give her that confirmation. They're like, like both wrong and they're both right. Yeah, because for Callie, it's just like... And Callie, by the way, everybody, Callie remains this way, so kind of unaffected (laughs) by sex all the way through the series. Like when she and Arizona hook up, she does have that moment that's like, holy shit, another woman. Like, what's going to happen? But then when Arizona wants her to be like, pick one or the other. You can't like men or women. I'm a lesbian. Why aren't you? Yeah. Callie is like, fuck that, first of all. I'm going to have sex with who I want. I'm going to call it what I want. And you, if you want me, you're going to be okay with it. And I'm going to have sex with Mark. And then when she goes away to fucking Africa or wherever and then comes back because she realizes she loves Callie, Callie's like, I got knocked up (laughs) by Mark. (laughs) So she always remains. I love bisexual continuity. It's kind of bothersome. Yeah, she's so like steadfast and comfortable with herself. It's like, bothersome when a show says that someone's going to be bisexual and they set it up that way and then it just isn't the case. Like, 
Yeah. They either stick with only women for the rest of the series or they stick with only men for the rest of the series because it feels like such a lame storyline that they're just doing it to, like, queer bait us, basically, especially on, like, a heavily straight show. But, like, even on The L Word, there's this character named Alice who, at the beginning, keeps calling herself bisexual. And mm-hmm. then there's, a there's like, a drop-off point where she just only dates woman for the rest of the series. So everyone yeah. kind of puts her into that category. And then for the revival... They're now making her have a bisexual storyline and like dropping little hints that she is bisexual now. But like, it's just so. Co- I guess sexuality is very complicated, but it just feels very silly or like. Like they kind of forget what they set up. Yes, yes, exactly. It feels like that. I don't know what's going on. I I've, I haven't watched Grey's in a couple seasons. I don't even know if Kelly's still on Grey's. No, Kelly's not on Grey's anymore. She left. She fell in love. Wait, do you want me to tell you or no? Oh my God, wait. She left with the woman who worked on Derek. Derek. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. And everyone's like, what the fuck? She fell in love with Penny? Who's but, who, Penny, who does not serve. But there's a Arizona moment where Arizona leaves Grays because she realizes that she's still in love with Callie. And Richard is like, you should go get her and be with her. So I think that Calzona is endgame. Like, I think Cal and I Arizona think it, ended up together. I has to be, right? Like, I think they did. If Unless I'm misremembering that storyline. But I feel like I remember Arizona being like, I want to be with, um, what's their daughter's name? Sophia. Uh, Sophia. She's like, I want to be with Sophia. And like, more importantly, like. Oh, I yeah, she be... does. I'm, I'm on the Wikipedia now. Okay. Uh, after the custody battle, which is so crazy that they had a custody battle. Oh, my battle. fucking God. Callie would. N- Never. I don't think Callie would. I just like so event I think Arizona wins. Yeah. But then but Arizona then, realizes that Callie is the better parent. And she moves back to New York with Sophia and since Callie had split with Penny, they the move rekindled the romance between Callie and Arizona. Oh my god, Calzona Endgame. Which is a, <gasps> which it should be. I love Arizona. They're a great couple. I lo- I love them. We have to jump in. It's yes. been 15 minutes. Has it Oh shit, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we kick off the episode <laughs> we kick off the episode with Meredith and Derek and yes. I feel like this scene is just one of those scenes that reminds me that I am not a Meredith and Derek shipper really see like, again it does the exact opposite with me I'm like I just like their dynamic I like when she's being silly and he's like bitch we have a job to do I hate that I, I like when I like it <laughs> I, I need a partner who wants to be silly with me. I always feel so shut down when, like, I I'm, think, I'm being a goofball and the other person's like, mm. I think he's, but he's also not being, like, a dick about it. He's like, like, he even makes a joke. He's like, I'm never going to get my own office. Because she's just like, I think he also sees that Meredith's, like, happy. So he's, like, not being a complete asshole. But he's also like, okay, we do need to move these boxes. I, I think I'm also saying that because I tend to be the Derek in the situation. I was going to say, what? Where, that doesn't like, sound like you. Yeah, we're like, I'm always like down to have a good time, but it's also like, if there's something, if there, we need to do something, I want it to be over and done with, and then we can have fun. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, if- the, I'm like, definitely the Meredith. <laughs> like, if I- <laughs> I get distracted by the littlest things. Like, she found her Anatomy Jane. She wants to play with it. Um, yeah, I would be like, we could play with that later, and you could tell me all about it later, but like, for now, I do need these boxes to be moved. Like, I- and. 
And if it were me, I would literally be like, okay, you move the boxes. I'm yeah. playing with my doll. <laughs> no, fully. Which I would okay. be, which I am also just like, I'll just do it anyway. Like, I will just do it alone anyway. But maybe that's like the only child thing. I don't know. But. Yeah, maybe. Anatomy Jane is <laughs> so creepy. Really? I thought it was so cute. I mean, it's the equivalent of having like a Barbie doll. I just don't like how, I don't like the hair, I think. I think that's my issue. I like everything else about it, but it just looks like. I don't know. But also, she was in a box for a long time, so yeah. it's not her fault. It's not her fault. She's looking a mess. All right, then we move on to Izzy and Alex, which... Are just annoying. I feel like Izzy and Karev are perfect for each other in a derogatory way. Yeah, like, they deserve each other. Yeah, they're just a bothersome it's just, yeah. couple. And, like, later on in the episode, they, like, get, they, like, confirm their shit or whatever, but it's just, like, I, I don't find it cute. I don't find that this is how Alex is asking these questions. Like, it feels, an, it would annoy me. Are we screwing other people? Like, It's ew. just so callous, but I mean, and it's, like, okay, we're five seasons in now. You've been through a lot. Like, you can ask me a clearer way if we're going, if we're in a relationship. See, that's what I've been telling you. Like, I used to really like him, but I'm not so sure. These days he just rubs me the wrong I way. Still I still have such a soft spot for him and I do like him, but I am, he annoys me. He agitates me because I'm like, you're just in, you're, you're getting in your own way. Yeah, he's annoying. Him and Meredith have very similar qualities and just like not, not. What? No. Yes. Not a chance. Yes. No way. And not knowing how no. to communicate their feelings and fully self-sabotaging. Meredith handles it a little bit better than he does. Are you kidding me? A, a little bit better, but they still do the same things, just he's way more crass and callous about it where meredith, meredith is, is not abusive verbally towards her partner i'm not she saying she a is bit. i'm saying mm. she abuses herself but they both sabotage relationships because they both feel like they don't deserve it and that they don't like know how to be in one in a healthy way so they go about it in different ways but they get the same result he attacks the other partner meredith attacks herself but they both want the same result so i think they're going after the same things but they're doing it in very different ways meredith is much more inclined to demolish from the inside out where he's like he's gonna make it the other person to make him the bad guy you know what i mean it's good of you to give him credit and i know it's because you like him as a character but he's an me. asshole I, I feel like meredith is just a better person i know absolutely i think meredith deals with it and moves past all of this better than alex ever does but I do think they both have the same intentions with different, uh, like, um, applications. But she grows past it. Like, that's why we have, like, we talked about, uh, last week, or with the therapy arc and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, she works on this. We don't see Alex work on this for a very long time. Right. Not until, like, the last four seasons he's on the show, maybe. I don't even feel like he even grows that much, even towards the end. I mean, with the whole Joe story. Did you watch, like, how, how up to date are you? I've only, I, I've seen up until the last two seasons so i know all about that and it's like it's i think there was a couple seasons where he was with joe and he was like trying to really be like i do see growth but then they just like he just abandons her like yeah and he has that shows he hasn't grown at all in the slightest and then he ends up back with izzy he beats up deluca uh, it's like a whole thing so it's like again i feel uh, very i love yeah. him i feel very complicated about him though and i do yeah. i do see that there isn't a lot of growth yeah. i think there's like that there's a sweet spot like post to lucy season like seven maybe to like nine where alex is like he's doing when he's working with Arizona. When he's working with Arizona, he's he eventually gets the John... He, like, curses out the guy during his boards. He gets John Hopkins. He stays because of all his friends are fucked up. He's, like, has that good couple seasons where he's really 
on one. And then I think once him and Joe get serious, it all goes downhill because I think as a character, he's better off alone Mm -hmm. because that lack of growth. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, at the end of the day, he's an asshole in this episode for the most part. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. The little part we see of him, he's an asshole. Correct. So our next scene is, of course, the monumental You Are Glasses. Um, She talks about, you know, when she was a kid, she would get headaches. It turns out she needed glasses. <laughs> she talks about how she's never been satisfied with men. And she says that she's just extremely gay. And for Callie, that moment is really uncomfortable because she feels like Erica is expecting her to say the same thing. But Callie isn't yeah. able to say it. And obviously, it's because she feels she has experienced that with men or she's comfortable in her sexuality and her sexual experiences with men. So for Callie, she's like, why don't I... Why yeah. am I not reacting It's the almost same like way? the doubt is planted by Erica yeah. a little bit because Callie's never yeah. really been like second guessing it until this moment. And then Erica's expecting something from her, like this big admission. And Callie's like, well, I don't have one. Or it's like, I don't even know if Erica is expecting it. She's just looking for somebody to like say, Validate like, oh my God, her. that's amazing. Or like, yeah, you're right. Or like something React like that. in like, any way, really. Yeah, react. I don't think Erica necessarily was looking for Callie to be like, oh my God, you're so right. This is my first time with a woman. I hate men, blah, blah, blah. That didn't happen because Callie doesn't hate men. She has had positive sexual experiences with them and is sexually attracted to men still. So she just was like, I have to go because she projected onto yeah exactly erica that's a good point that, that's a good way of putting it yeah she projected onto erica that erica had an expectation of her to have the exact same realization and reaction to their like sexual experience it just all shared. comes down to a lack of communication which is like this whole show yeah where it's just them not being it's not callie could have been like could have clearly said it's like well i still feel that i i have felt that way about men you know what i mean like obviously she doesn't she doesn't have that language but she also right didn't now. know yeah I don't, yeah i don't think she knew how she was feeling i feel like that's why she has sex with mark later in the episode just to Twice. prove to herself that like yeah <laughs> just to prove to herself that she still can be with a man and experience positive results from it. yeah i think I do. Yeah, I agree. I think there really is no right or wrong way for either of them to be in this situation. Like there's so much nuance around this kind of revelation and coming out and all that and like coming to terms with your sexuality. So like neither of them are wrong, but neither of them are right either. Right. Which is fine. It's fine. And we see more of like both of them coming to grips with what happened later on in the episode. Like we see Erica feeling like maybe she shouldn't have gone that far with like yeah. the revelation and she made Callie uncomfortable by everything she said. But we also see Callie confiding in Mark and being like, it was great. It was awesome. But I just need to see something. Don't even talk to me. Don't talk about <laughs> anything. No and it's dirty also, talk. Don't. It's also really, I feel like I've, I feel like every queer person I know has that kind of thought process that Erica's going through where it's like, God, I, I, I scared them off. I said something too soon. I said how I felt too soon. I was too honest. You know what I mean? And she even says to Bailey, she's like, uh, nobody likes an emotional girl. Yeah. And I feel like everybody I know has had that same kind of experience where it's like, I fucked this up because I scared them off. And it's like, no, you were honest. You did the right thing. You were honest. But that doesn't mean that they're going to react how you think they sh- would or should. Right. And that's a hard thing to learn. So I think yeah. it's it's a really good episode for both of them and just how they experience it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's I, two different queer people talking about their experiences and processing their experiences that they shared together. Like, these are the same... But this is two parts of a couple, but they're reacting completely differently to their experience as 
queer people of different identities. Especially considering like where they are in their careers, their race, their backgrounds. Like those are all really relevant things to the conversation and to their comings out. You know what I mean? Like Erica's fully in her career. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. She's an amazing surgeon. Callie's still pretty early on. Obviously, she's uh, Latina and, like, has all of this religious trauma and, like, shit with her parents. And, like, we don't really know anything about Erica's parents. And in season three, she almost has a baby with a man. Yeah, so there's so much going on that, like, as an audience, you sometimes can forget all the nuance and all the weird intricacies of these characters' backgrounds. But it's, like, Grace does an incredibly complicated situation. And Grace does a good job of making sure you don't forget stuff like that and, like, bringing things back when it's relevant. But... Okay. All right. So moving on, um, Owen shows up at the hospital and he's the new head of trauma. So Richard is introducing everybody to him and Owen is basically like, yeah, like I'm here. I'm going to teach all these people about trauma, my experiences in Iraq and get them more comfortable with the concept of quickly dealing with trauma patients. I think I go ahead. As an Owen hater, Mm -hmm. I do think he's good in this episode. I like him in this episode. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I feel crazy saying that. Like as I was rewatching it, because like I hate Owen. I do. Like that's not a change that's ever coming to me. Is being like, oh, Owen's a good character. Owen's a good guy. But I do think at the beginning, before anything else happens, like this episode specifically, and the the episode that he like gets introduced on with the icicle and everything like that. I think it's an important, an interesting perspective considering the other attendings that we have. And have had. He's so different than Mark and uh, Derek and even Addison and Burke and like all of the ones in the past. He's like, the, I think the reason that's why they choose Mark and Derek up front because they're both so like meticulous and like they're McDreamy and McSteamy. I yeah. mean, they're the two like hunkiest. And um, they're just like, like um, suave, like just kind of. They're like yeah, they're classical. Like the polar opposite. Yeah. And they're like, he's like rugged. He's rough, like working like, class surgeon. Yeah. He's like. That's how he gets presented. And I do really like the, the difference between them. And I like him in this episode and his interactions with everybody. And like, I think him and Izzy in this episode is really nice. And I land more on his side than I do on Izzy's a lot of the time when they interact. And I like him with Christina. And I like the moment they have at the end of the episode. And I like which annoys me because i hate owen (laughs) knowing what i know but i think at the beginning i'm like i get it like i get why christina's turned on by him he's sexy like him doing the trauma stuff and being so sure and just doing it is like he's hot he's a hot guy and him like not and i think at the end like we'll talk about it when we get there but like when mark and derek are like pissed at him and he's like okay what what could i have done differently tell me it's so disarming because they expect him to fight that's exactly what i wrote too i was like he disarmed their hostility by being so genuine transparent and and honest and wanting to learn and be like okay well like teach me then show me how i could have done it differently so that i can make your job easier and save this patient that's at the end of the day in this episode, mm-hmm. all he wants to do is teach them how they could save patients and save time. And I think in this episode, he's really good and he makes a lot of really good points. And it's just like, which makes me mad because then I know what happens to him when he could have, he was set up to be a really phenomenal character and have a, re- a lot of really interesting points of views. And, and he just turned into a needy man. And they just, they really shit the bed on him and his character development and how they wrote him because he his setup is very good. And I think that makes me even more mad and hate him more because it's a waste. Because he's this okay. is a good starting episode for like a main cast. Okay. My immediate thought on Owen was that they tried way too hard to make him seem 
complex. And it's actually a note that I have towards the end of my notes on the scene where he's talking to Christina about Iraq. Or who is he talking to about Iraq? It's Christina, yeah. Yeah, okay, so I it just is heavy handed. That was I just couldn't tell if that was bad acting or do I just hate <laughs> Owen? Like they just I think it might be a he, combination of things. I think that they try way too hard in this episode to make him seem intense and purposely rub people the wrong way. And it's I think it's just heavy handed. Like, I, think I think it's heavy handed too. They could have done it differently. I don't think they handled it the right way. I think it was very like telling me instead of showing me yeah the way he rubbed every single person the wrong way and didn't have a friend in the entire hospital when he first showed up like okay we get it you want him to be antagonistic but you want us to take his side which it didn't work because at the end of this episode i hated him even more I think like, I just the only ones it really works on the most i think it works with Derek it worked and Mark. on christina i think it works with Derek and mark because they are just like personality wise polar opposites to him And how they work. So I'm like, that is easy. I believe that. It doesn't feel heavy-handed. It's just, he's coming at it from a different perspective. I think Christina, it works less, but still fine enough. Because I understand the explanation of him being like, I did know your name. I went through stuff. I'm fucked up about it. And like, it gives, it's very, (laughs) I wrote in my notes, I was like, or maybe I didn't write it, but I thought about it. When when he was giving his speech, it's very much like a Quint in Jaws. When he's like, thousand men went in the water. (laughs) only 37 came out or whatever talking about like the sharks eating all the navy soldiers and he's like mm-hmm. 20 went in uh, 19 died i came out and it's like it's the same kind of vibe yeah. it's, it feels very heavy-handed i don't think i needed all of the exposition about what he went through in afghanistan i think it could have just been like i was over there uh i we lost a lot of men i'm a, I, I am in the after i like the line where he's like i'm just trying to live in the after now because i feel like that's a really good way of verbalizing someone post-trauma and like living with that where it's like you're just trying to go day by day and like things from the before time do get left out and left behind especially like a chance meeting with a woman who you pulled an icicle Mm -hmm. out of like i understand Mm -hmm. why he doesn't remember her and that's his reasoning Mm -hmm. and then with izzy it's like he's just being an asshole yeah he's just fucking with her but and but again i don't like (laughs) izzy either so i don't really care So Wait, I think I don't I, even think he is fucking with her. I think that's genuinely who he is as like a teacher and as yeah, a he's surgeon. just I I mean that's, fucking he's with not her. Not even fucking with her. It bothers her. I don't think her. he's being malicious. I think he's being right. a hard ass. Right. And he's like, well, I just think he's a hard. He's a dickhead. He's a hard head. No, he's a hard head. He he. It's not going through to his head why she's annoyed by it. So he just keeps on reiterating his point and he just keeps on talking in circles as to why she should move on, get, just be, get over it. Just get over the point and just do it. And but they're he also says the same thing to Christina. That's who he is. He's a get over it, move on, yeah. on to the next kind of guy. And I think part of it is his military philosophy of like, okay, you may witness trauma or you may witness things that scare you. You may witness, you know, terrible, terrible things in this world and in your profession. You're going to witness death. You're going to witness gore. Yeah. You're going to witness killing, stabbing, blood, all this shit. Just get used to it. And they're like, no, because you did it to prove a point. You these did it needlessly, who, really? Yes. You d- people didn't come in with these injuries and we're treating them now. It's like you literally stabbed them, told us to repair them, and now you're saying we need to kill them. Like, yeah, I think they she's... They think it was needless. Which it was, but at the same time, it wasn't. It's, again, one of those things where it's like yeah. everyone's right and everyone's wrong. I think him and Izzy yeah. butting heads works for me because Izzy's so stubborn, too. And, like, refuses to see where he's coming from as well. 
Where I she's think like, I'm more on. I think I'm not even on Izzy or Owen's side. I am on Christina's side. That's yeah, like I'm on Christina's kind side of too. In the middle, kind yeah. of in the middle. Like 100%. she does. And she complains about Owen's teaching method, but then she does what he says. Ultimately, she gets. She starts to realize what the benefit was, but she also takes Izzy's side at the end, where she's just like. Stabbing them and making us, like, fix their injuries was one thing, but telling me to kill them is something I won't do. Yeah, that's... Like, I will not kill an animal. Even if he's right, where it's like, they're just gonna suffer, like, there's no point in it, but it's also like, mm-hmm. they're suffering because... So it's all... It's like the snake eating its own tail. Uh, but I, I do... I, yeah, I agree. I land definitely more with Christina in this, where it's like, I understand why this is what we have to do, but I don't like that this is how I have to end it. Mm. Which is which is good. I like that again, there's nuance to it. It's not cut and dry. Mm-hmm. There's a gray area which makes it more interesting and makes the whole dynamic of the three of them in this situation more interesting. Yeah. But anyway, Christina seeing Owen is the funniest part of this whole fucking episode. Yeah. Her running. I thought it was hilarious. It's it makes me laugh so and like the music <laughs> is so funny. Yeah. It feels like a sitcom. And Meredith is just being so like flitty about it and she's like oh it's so romantic (laughs) Meredith's like oh wow he quit the military for you okay that's amazing like good be with him Christina's like no I'm not getting involved with another attending like I'm just this not. is a weird Meredith episode. <laughs> like, what is wrong with her? Why would she I don't say know. That? She's just like <laughs> she's on. She's one. on one. Truly, <laughs> she's really on one. Like, she's so weird in this episode. She's just like this is a kind of a backseat episode for Meredith. A yeah, lot it of the is. Time. It's kind of weird. Which I, which I kind of like those episodes too because it gives Meredith more time to just kind of exist and not be fucked with. <laughs> Yeah. She can kind of be funny and like happy when she's not in this in the forefront. Yeah. You know what's so crazy? I was looking this up earlier. What? Ellen Pompeo has never been nominated for an Emmy for Grey's Anatomy. Okay, I'm suing. Isn't that fucked up? And also Chris, uh Sandra O oh was nominated 5 years in a row and didn't win. What the fuck? This show you know is underrated she... by the Academy. Like just because and the the thing is they keep treating it like a But the, and this That's was why. That's why. And this was early on. Sandra Oh was nominated the first five seasons. I'm pissed. And didn't win. You know who she lost to one year? No, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'm scared. Catherine Heigl. <gasps> Wasn't that fucked up? Is it? What episode was nominated, though? The Alvad Wire one? Oh, I don't know. Because uh, I'll like, look and you keep telling up the talk about the... <laughs> I feel like that's the only episode that would make sense for her to win over Sandra Oh. And even Sandra Oh and in even that episode then, is so good. Like, still no. They were nominated for different episodes that year. Mm. Uh, she won in 2007. So that has to be... Um. Anyway, I can't find it right now. Okay, we'll figure it out later. But I'll figure it out. I just feel like that was not what I would envision as far as the awards nominations for Grey's Anatomy. No, me either. It's like really... It's kind of befuddling. Like, <laughs> Sandra Oh genuinely gives... The utmost. Consistently best performance. Um, So she, Catherine Heigl won for the episode Time After Time, which I don't remember off the top of my head. King it up. Yeah. 20th episode of season... Meredith deals with her overprotective stepmother. Christina is caught between Burke and Marlowe, and Derek fights to become chief. Izzy's... Oh, it's the episode... Alex continues to search for Jane Doe's identity. Izzy... Izzy's, Izzy's past, past comes, comes back to Hunter. Is this the one where Denny comes becomes as a ghost? I think so. Because Izzy's kid doesn't come up until 
way later. I don't even remember this episode. I don't remember this fucking episode. Oh, not this memorable. is the episode where Izzy's daughter is in it. Okay. She should not have won. I don't even remember this episode, and I've seen this show fucking 15 times. Well, what episode was Sandra O oh nominated for? from From a whisper to a scream. Season three, episode nine. Short summary: A traumatic car accident at the local market. I love this episode. Brings in multiple patients to the ER. Erica Hahn is brought in after George loses confidence in Doctor Burke, while his mother is embarrassing him in front of his peers. Christina also has a conf- crisis of confidence and confesses to the chief the cover up between her and Burke. Oh, bitch! Oh she should have won. Are you fucking? Yes, she oh, should have won. Oh, she should have fucking won. Who That's did she lose? Up. She lost against Catherine Heigl for this. Oh, you know what's gonna make you even more mad when no. I read you the rest. Let me read you the rest of the people who were nominated. I'm pissed off already, but go ahead. I'm going to go from the bottom to the top. Chandra Wilson is Dr. Miranda Bailey on Grey's Anatomy. Katherine Heigl won? What? Oh, bitch. That's not even the craziest people that she beat. Ada Tuturo as Janice Soprano. Okay, I am going to fucking punch my computer screen. Sandra O is Dr. Christina Yang. I'm going to punch a hole through the screen. I'm going to punch a hole through the screen. Wait, 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 wait. You gotta give me, you gotta let me get to the last two, because they're great. The last one's crazy. Rachel Griffiths as uh, Sarah Whedon on Brothers and Sisters, which is a fine show. Didn't watch it. Isn't Shirley MacLaine in that? Yeah, I think so. Or like, Did Sally Field it. was in that show, and she won an Emmy that year, and she said, oh. God damn, and they cut her <laughs> off. And then, this is the, fu- this is fucked up. Lorraine Bracco is Dr. Dr. Jennifer Melfi on okay, The Sopranos. Okay, bye, bye, bye. What the bye, fuck? Bye, What the bye. fuck? Catherine no. Heigl's performance in an episode that a soup, two super fans don't remember beat all of those? You're telling me Catherine Heigl gave a better performance than fucking Lorraine Bracco? Or Aida Turturro as Or Janice? fucking Sandra Oh? Baby, it's not realistic. I'm furious. I'm fucking, I'm fucking furious disgusting it's fucking, fucking disgusting it, it's <laughs> fucked up this is fucked up <laughs> this emmy like, year was tears crazy. are about to come out of my eyes right now because you know what was also a stacked category this year outstanding lead actress in a comedy series do you want to guess i genuinely had no idea that this you were going to read these names like i don't even yeah. group Grey's anatomy and with the any sopranos with sopranos in the same category at all no i don't think of them as the same timeline but i guess this is near the end this is probably like the second to last second or second to last like it was almost the end of the sopranos okay all right so tell me wait outstanding lead actress in a comedy series okay oh mary louise parker is nancy botwin i just know that there's going to be at least one desperate housewife on that list but go ahead okay julia louis dreyfus is christine campbell the new adventures of old christine oh iconic that show is underrated. That show is fucking underrated. Felicity Huffman as Lynette Scavo <gasps> on Desperate Housewives. I knew it! I fucking knew it! I fucking knew it, yes. Tina Fey as Liz Lemon on 30 Rock. <gasps> this who is a fuck? stacked year. No, who the fuck won? I think it's a good win. Okay. America Ferreira as Betty Suarez on Ugly Betty. Oh, Ugly Betty. I think Betty. that's a good win. I think that's Ugly a good Betty win. won. Yeah, I think yeah, she that's won, a right? good. That's a well-deserved win, yeah. Okay, she, I celebrate she, that. It's just like, this is a, it, that's a stacked year. The Katherine Heigl category is also very stacked, but like, I don't agree. I mean, oh. low-key, I would say Felicity Huffman deserved it, though. Yeah, but bit. that's also, I think that's a category, too, where I'm like, any one of these women deserves that award. Are you kidding? Like, yeah, but just they're all... About- but just think about she was carrying that show on her back. I've never Lynette seen the Scav- whole thing. Lynette Scavo is. I've never seen all of Desert Housewives. I've, I should. Are you shitting me? No, I've never seen the whole thing. I've Why? seen like for what reason? I don't know. 
I think it was hard to find online for a long time. Okay. Like, on streaming or anything like that. So, anytime I just, like, wanted to watch it, I couldn't find it, which annoyed mm. me. Yeah. That's but what's then... happening to me right now with Nurse Jackie. I keep telling Bernie that we need to watch Nurse Jackie. She's never seen yeah. it at all. Oh, my God. One of my favorite so shows of all good. time. But Showtime doesn't have it to stream. Nobody does. That's so stupid. It was on Netflix for the longest. That's where I first watched it. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. It's, it's not even on, like, Peacock or something like that? No sucks what the fuck we should probably talk about grays yeah let's move on so <laughs> that was our tangent for this episode <laughs> that was a pretty good one that was a good one all right um so then Where we move we? on to bailey and richard up on the helipad she did that domino surgery which she slayed which she slayed i, um, I like this little speech weber gives yeah he talks about how he wants her to be the next Richard Webber. And my note on this, and I have the same note twice throughout my notes, but I literally forgot that I had written it already. But um, I love the friendship between Miranda and Richard. Oh, but more than I anything. Think, but I think that the Richard to Bailey to Meredith pipeline is very real and needs to be studied because like we were talking about this a few episodes back and we didn't make the connection, I don't really think. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that they're the rocks of the show. That, that's yeah. what we said, a, I think, two episodes yeah. ago. We were talking Just about how, the like, mo- They're so consistent. They're the, they're the rocks, the pillars of the show. Absolutely. But there is a pipeline of Richard being, like, the dad of the hospital, and then Bailey being, like, the mom of the hospital, and then Meredith yeah. being, like, the star child of the hospital. But if you're current on Grey's Anatomy, you know what the hell I'm talking about. She is, like, Richard and Bailey combined in the current oh, really? season of Grey's. I like that. Is it good? It's very... Different. It's very different than what you are used to. Are used to. to. Mm. That makes sense, though, because I know she's cutting back on episodes and everything like that. But they set that up from the very beginning that Richard was going to be the like pillar of the hospital, and then it turns in. Then you watch Bailey take that over. Like Bailey becomes the new Richard. And then in the current seasons, it's definitely Meredith. And I I do like that lineage, though, because it also just makes sense, like, thematically. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It makes, yeah, it makes sense for all, for them to follow each other's footsteps in that way, because, like, they all raised, that's, who raised them. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so basically he tells Bailey that he has a 10-year-old with an inoperable tumor, and that they need to put together a team to find a solution to, like, basically resect the I These are my favorite storylines in the whole show. The patient drama back in the uh, early seasons of Grey's was so much better. The patient so drama much was better. so much better in the early seasons. It doesn't hit like it did. Because it, it was literally... Because this is my issue with some of the newer seasons, where it's just, like, it doesn't feel like a true ensemble. A lot of the time, like, they're so splintered off, where the early seasons... Every other episode felt like every doctor was working on the same case. And that's what is so much fun about watching Grey's when they're doing some insane thing and bickering and trying to figure it out because they all want the same result and they all think they know what's best because they're all like... Really good. They're, yeah. So it's like, it's seeing the best of the best doing what they do. And I think a lot of the later seasons kind of lose that when you lose kind of the stars like a Christina Yang and an Arizona and an Addison and a Callie and you kind of lose these other specialties and they fall to the wayside because then it just kind of becomes more just like oh well we have neuro in general and they kind of get a little boring when you don't have like a character who specializes in uh prenatal or something like that so that's why I'm excited for Kate Walsh to be coming back but I you know what I think the other problem is there's only so many times you can show or talk about somebody 
having a tumor or getting yeah, an epidectomy or, you know, needing a skin graft. So, like, the early seasons, they were doing crazy shit, like... Um, the boy in the cement, the people getting... The two people pierced together. Bomb in the patient. Yeah. The guy who... Um, the two people who get impaled. Yeah. And that's going to be one of my favorite episodes that we talk oh, about. So just excited. because of the patient drama. That is the it's all-time so good. best patient drama. But, like, I think in later seasons, they run out of crazy-ass medical things to talk which about which is crazy so, to me because crazy shit is happening all the time the patients are just taking a back seat and now it's all about the doctor drama because i think that they thought that people didn't really care as much about the patients and wanted to get more like FaceTime with the doctors especially as that cast grew like the cast of doctors keeps growing every season some of the originals are still there but they have to give a lot of time to build the cast and make us like the newer doctors as much yeah. as the original cast and that's going to be very difficult so I that's, think that's just hard why to do it's very difficult to do because we of course became endeared to the key cast the principal yeah. cast like years ago i mean ago. When you've been watching them for 20 seasons almost mm-hmm it's hard not to be like, well, I'll follow Meredith. Even when Meredith Grey is doing something wrong, I'm going to be on her side. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, um, Lexi and George kind of annoy me too a little bit at this in the beginning when they first interact and they're like not talking to each other or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, S- just stop. You're adults, please. Mm-hmm. And But yeah. then you get that cute moment where Meredith is like, I wouldn't reject you, George. <laughs> well, like, it's Meredith also is like... fucking weird in this episode. <laughs> Bailey's just like, okay, um, everybody has a mandatory skills lab except for some of these people, and you're going to help me remove an inoperable tumor. And, of course, George is out because he's an idiot and hasn't been completing his charts. But Stupid. Meredith gets selected, and Christine it's is so funny. out because she wasn't... Yeah. <laughs> supportive, of her, supportive of her co-worker. Alex is out because he's... He, was like not so didn't believe in bailey yeah he was like i don't get how we're gonna operate on an inoperable tumor and he's like okay she, bailey's like okay, why does out. why does izzy get kicked out i don't even or think does izzy she not i there. think no izzy's sitting there i think she doesn't even get kicked out i think meredith just gets it because of anatomy jane oh so we don't even see why Izzy wouldn't have gotten it. It's just we she doesn't get it because Meredith does, which is so fucking funny. I mean, that's absolute. Yeah. That makes absolute sense. Yeah, I'm like, uh, that's how it should be. Okay, so then we move on to the skills lab finally, which is where I was. I jumped all the way to that scene. You could tell I didn't care about any of the scenes with like George <laughs> and Alex and Izzy. <laughs> why would we? So Owen literally stabs the pigs. And it's kind of how- crazy. Yeah, I loved how they put that little warning, like, no pigs yeah. in the heart. I'm like, so Shonda, you're clearly on Izzy's side. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I-, <laughs> I love when that random shit will happen. And it's just like, okay, I get it. Legal was involved today. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Christina's basically like, what the fuck is going on? She's horny, though. Yeah. She she's like hiding behind Lexi because she doesn't want him to see her because he she feels like he's gonna remember her and then she gets severely humbled when he pretends to not even remember her name. <laughs> um, Izzy's like, Owen, oh, you're literally a monster. Like you're disgusting. And Owen's like, Don't worry, they didn't feel it. And Izzy's like, I'm not doing it. Goodbye. And she like leaves. So then Owen's just like, Okay, who, whoever wants a second pig, like you can have it. Izzy does not understand what the term mandatory means. Owen is extremely intense. I know in the last yeah. ep- 
On the last episode we talked about, I said that Christina was a Scorpio. I'm starting to think Owen might be a Scorpio. <laughs> well, didn't we find out what he is? Did we? I feel like he yeah. ha- also has... He's very intense. I always say this. Sagittarius is the Scorpio of the fire signs. And Owen well, has a really bad temper. way. I feel like he has a terrible temper. So I feel We like- literally had... We did this whole conversation last week. And I need... You will keep this in. Because when I tell you that he's a Taurus, I know you're going to get mad. No! What the fuck? See, exactly. that doesn't align with my... No. See, the Grey's Anatomy um, <laughs> writers have no concept of astrology. Every show should have an astrology consultant. I'm sorry. Like, any any TV show writers that are listening to this podcast randomly, let me tell you something. Hire me to be your astrology consultant because these birthdays do not add the fuck up. You're telling me that Callie and Owen have the same personality? You're fucked in the head if you think that. <laughs> oh, my God. See, again, I can't wait for next week when we're going to have we're going to have the same Owen as a Taurus conversation. And I'm going to get to, it's like a Groundhog's Day. I'm just going to get to keep trick, like, uh, traumatizing you with, yeah, traumatizing you with the information that Owen is a Taurus canonically. He just isn't. (laughs) (laughs) I think he forgot his birthday when he was at war. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh my God. So anyway, Izzy gives up. She sucks. Um, Go be a vet. Like, okay, bye. And then. The next scene is really good. I have to say. So good. I loved, again, I like the patient interactions. Me too, because I feel like Meredith using the anatomy Jane to explain it to, like, the patient who's, like, this young girl. is so smart, and she has such good, like, understanding. Bedside manner. I was going to say bedside manner, but it's also not even that. It's that she knows how to contextualize a problem for a 10-year-old without talking down to her, treating her like an idiot. She also, like, truly wants her patient to be able to understand what's happening. Yeah, Meredith is historically really good with children in the yeah. show and, like, make and calming them and making them understand that, like, what they're going through is scary but also not, like, eat bad, you know what I yeah. mean? And I think also having Anatomy Jane as, like, this kind of... What's the term I'm looking for? Uh like conduit for explaining it is so smart and also makes sense for Meredith because she was a weird kid who knew a bunch of stuff about medical stuff. So her, she's kind of passing that along to this girl who's going, who was on the other side of it as a kid who knows a lot about medical stuff. Yeah. I, it's really nice. And I'm glad it's Meredith having this moment with her and like the family is really funny, kind of annoying, but really funny. The family's like, um, you need to get Dr. Han on this case. We refuse to have Tori operated on unless Erica is on the team. We're going to another hospital, point blank. And my note is literally, why are cardio bitches always the most respected and loved? Have you noticed yeah. that? It's like, yeah. oh my god, Burke. They're hardcore. So, Burke, oh my god, he's this, he's that, he's the other. He won a heart bravery. And then it's like, Erica, we refuse to have our our daughter operated on unless Erica is there. And then it's Christina. And, and then it's Teddy. Um, it's just like every single cardio bitch in this shit is. I think the it's most, also like, like a, I mean, all the specialties as we see get kind of stereotyped a lot of the time. Like neuro people are always like all the neurosurgeons we see are always kind of uppity. They're kind of like a little up their own ass. Like Derek is definitely like that. Some of the other surgeons we see are like that. Amelia's a bit, little bit like that. Not as much, I would say, but a little bit. 
cardio, they're always like, they think they're the hot shot. You know, they're kind of like the jocks. Really? I think the plastics are like the jocks. And I think no, that they're car- like the po- they're like popular. They're like cool. They're no, just like- I feel like cardio cardio take their job and profession and like specialty so fucking serious. And all they all they want to do is operate. They don't care about anything. Like yeah. Christina is cutthroat and super serious about cardio. So is Erica. So is Teddy. So is Burke. Like they all just. I don't think they think they're the best. I think they literally are the best, and they want to be the best. So they fight yeah. to the death, tooth and nail, day in and day out. They are. What's the general? General surgery, like this What's is what that, I was like, getting that at before. Stereotype. Like, I'm honestly, they're just kind of like the matriarch, patriarch they're, type. They're the pillar of the hospital. Like they, everyone takes them for granted, but without them. The show, the show would fall to shambles, and the hospital would fall to shambles. It's kind of like all roads go through general surgery. <laughs> exactly. Like we see Richard, we see Bailey, we see Meredith. The show, as it exists currently, if any one of them were not on the original I, series, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I also think it makes sense given their specialty that they would be the most well-rounded because they are bouncing around as much. And like I think later on when we when Richard is kind of courting Meredith to uh, general surgery before her boards and everything like that. She does. He is kind of saying like, um, uh, Miranda does this too, where it's like, well, one day you bounce to the spleen and then the liver and then the stomach and you get to do more than just the same thing every day working with the brain or anything. It's like, it's more well, varied, remember when Meredith why... literally wanted to be a neurosurgeon and Derek wouldn't let her because he was a neurosurgeon. It's insane. It's so crazy. He's like, like, no, it's mine. Yeah. We can't, we can't compete for surgeries. That would be like, that just wouldn't work in our relationship. And she was like, you're fucked. I'm trying to find my way as a surgeon. And I'm yeah, really get good fucked, at this. Loser. I'm very good at this. And you're trying to tell me that just because of our relationship, I can't choose this as a profession. And it's that is near- crazy. He is fucked for that. I, I yeah, do not. That's like one of Derek the worst Derek, Derek no, moments. He is- and then in this episode, uh, Derek and Mark referred to Owen as a meatballer. Yeah. They're like, which he just I, slaps it sense. together. The tra- trauma <sighs> so guys brutal. just slap it together. That's what they said. And then Ortho is the Carpenters. I feel like... That's how or- they've been described. Ortho is scrappy. Like... Yeah, but they've been... But, like, I know... I mean, in the context of the show, like, they've been described as, like, carpentry, where they're just, like, building shit. Right. It's not a lot of delicate work. Where I think, like, I associate, like, neuro and cardio with more delicate work. Oh, my God, yeah. Neuro is and just, then, like... We general are, and yeah. and plastics too obviously is very delicate and then i associate like general and ortho with more del with more like scrappy kind i think of that they, they make do yeah they make do with the skills and stuff that they have but when they get yeah. in there and they actually have to solve a problem sometimes they do it. there are a bunch of different solutions yeah exactly and both which of i think pr- is why they're so interesting I love the way that neither of us have gone to medical school or know what the fuck we're talking about, but on the same hand, like, we kind of do. Babe, I have a <laughs> microphone and a computer. What do I need? I don't need to know anything else. Yeah, fuck your medical degree. We know what we're talking about. This is how Yeah, I've is. seen nine. I've seen essentially 19 episodes of Crazy Anatomy. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. We've seen 19 seasons, like, at this <laughs> point. Dozens of times. Right. All right. Let's get back to the episode because we got really derailed by talking about. <laughs> we just keep doing this. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, okay. So Owen comes back. Or no, sorry. Wait. Matt, Mark and Kelly finally have sex. Kelly's like, I'm trying to test a theory. Don't talk to me. No dirty talk. No Erica talk. Just fuck me. And I he's love like, Okay. Me too. 
they are both like done let's go who needs they're like ready it's a fucking <laughs> ready um and then it obviously that awesome scene immediately cuts to an annoying scene with owen alexi is like babying her pig like treating it like a human patient and christina's so like can nice. you stop christina's this like just talking about agitated lexi lexi i i think i'm <laughs> this is like Christina is my favorite character because the way I would literally be annoyed by that same thing. Lexi is too nice. And yeah, I was telling you this, like, nice I girl. don't like characters who are too nice. I don't even like people who are just super, super, super too nice. Like it just, for some reason, it rubs me the wrong way. I almost feel like it's fake. How can you never be? Yeah, it book? always How seems performative. Never... Yeah, it's extremely. Anyway, that's just my... No, I agree. I mean, I 100% agree with you on that. I, I never associate, I never gravitate towards the overly nice characters, but like, it's the same reason I don't really like April. April and Lexi. Well, April is performative. Lexi doesn't feel performative to me. And I, and we've talked about this at length before. April feels performative to me every single time. Lexi, I think genuinely is like trying to hold things together by being there for everyone. She's genuinely a nice person. I know. It just bugs me a little. She's but I, I, I do I do like her. I do like her. But sometimes calling... she bothers me. It's... Christina having to look at George's work. Oh, that bi- it made that bitch mad. And she was just like, Chris- he's a fucking sloppy person. He's a pig as a surgeon. He's a, he's a sloppy pig. pig boy. And you're ha- you're telling me he's doing better? And sloppy pig from- boy? I mean, because she's cardio. This is what we're getting yeah, at before. Yeah, exactly. Cardio, are they're so meticulous and precise. Everything has to be perfect. One little misstep or mistake can cause huge downstream impacts later on in the patient's life and just in general. So, like, for her, she's like, okay, Owen might have... Okay, Owen, George might have stabilized the pig, but there's going to be complications later on due to how sloppy he was. And Owen's Which like... Which is right. And Owen's like, yeah, but right now we're just focused on not having him bleed out die. on the table and die due to blood loss. So we can fix this the whole episode is people is everyone being right and everyone being wrong. It's annoying as fuck. And then Owen calls her Christine and she's like, it's Christine. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> I she's so funny. She's the fucking her. funniest character. I'm just like, fuck off, Owen. And then. The next scene is so funny with um with Izzy. She like runs up to Derek and is like, Derek, Owen Hunt is a murdering sadistic bastard. <laughs> She's fucking crazy. She's so mad about these pigs. She's so pissed. Like, babe, get a problem. Derek's get a like, real problem. Derek's like, Izzy, can you just like stop? Do no harm is only for humans. Like, that doesn't... We're not... Derek is like, bitch, can you be normal? He's like, bitch, I saw you eat a bacon, egg, and cheese yesterday. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. Speaking of, I was in New York. When I was in New York this past week, I... Bitch. What? I had a bacon, egg, and cheese (laughs) on a roll. My fucking mouth watering is watering thinking about it. I love living in... I love living in Maine. I do. Holy shit, do I miss being in fucking New York or, like, the tri-state area. The breakfast sandwiches and, like, diner food and, like, street food are just... It's unmatched. Unmatched. You will never have a street hot dog as good as the ones in New York. I had four this week. 
you will never have a street bagel with chive cream cheese and a cup of hot coffee I'm that so you paid four dollars for as as I, tasty and I, perfect as you will in new york it my just mom hits called different. me at one point when i was eating literally two hot dogs and she was like oh did you get one did uh tony get one i was like oh no tony does is like doesn't really want one right now my mom was like who are you dating <laughs> like she was pissed that tony didn't get a hot dog when i got one and like she's right she's right <laughs> This is a call out for Tony. <laughs> Tony, if you're listening, we do not support you. I don't know if Tony listens. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. Tony, we're calling you out yet again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, okay. God. A bacon, egg, and cheese. Bacon, egg, and cheese. You and can't beat it. You you can't, except unless it's a sausage, egg, and cheese. But that's, that's Tony me. got that. Okay. I support yeah, you again, so Tony. That's a, that's a good point. But um. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the fucking episode right now. Everyone, are, we're gonna lose followers for this one. I just. <laughs> <laughs> this okay. is the real us. This is the real us. Okay, so Owen calls her the wrong name. She's like, it's Christina. She's like super bothered by it. And, and then, then Izzy says that Derek disgusts her. Uh huh. And I just feel like Callie being so confused by her bisexuality in the next. It's scene. so funny. It's I know, but I'm getting like frustrated because it's like. She has sex with Mark, and she likes she it. She needs a friend to be like, just you're just be bisexual. Right, but there's she's like the first gay character on the fucking show other than Erica, and they both come out, they both realize it at the same time. So, like, it's so hard because she doesn't have a friend until Mark finally is like, just be with Erica. That's obviously what you want. Just explore it. Why, yeah. why, are, you so, why are you freaking out so much? He's like the only other person on this show who is sexually liberated and comfortable enough to just be like do what makes you happy and feel what makes you happy and like Callie being so like confused by the fact that she enjoyed having sex with a man is like (laughs) so funny like it sent me but at the same time I was like bitch you are being really dumb right now that's how I feel every time I have sex with a man (laughs) I'm just like why why she's like huh like how did I just (laughs) I just had sex with a man this can't be I loved it. Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. And then Erica is being a bitch in this episode. I'm sorry. Erica's annoying, and I know she's going through a lot, but she does annoy me to no end. She's being really annoying in this episode. Like, she just keeps on talking about how they shouldn't be doing the surgery. They should send the girl away. We can't help her. Meredith is like coming up with suggestions, but Erica keeps shooting them down. And then even Bailey gets annoyed. (laughs) Bailey's like, you need to stop because we are coming up with solutions and you're just being fucking negative. It's and also Erica's like, like, oh, maybe this is just me and like having the context of the rest of the show. But it's like, don't you want to be a fucking god, bitch? Right. Don't you want to save a don't you want to perform the unperformable surgery? Literally. Where is your desire? Where is your fucking hunger to do something so insane? Get to it. Exactly. Like, like why, why are you being so negative? Like, I, it, I don't, I just don't She's get that so part. uninspired. It's because she's devastated from what happened with Callie. Yeah. And she's letting it affect But I will say, even, even outside of this episode, like, when we talked about, uh, I think it was the last week's episode. When, and Christina's like, shut up and let me operate. Yeah, it's like, she's just like. She's very in her own world, and it's her way or the highway, and she's a very uninspired character in terms of like 
surgeon. You know what the, I think in, it is? She is not. And I've to, I've said this about Derek too. She's not a cowboy. It's not. It's she's just not a risk taker. And yeah. Derek is the same way as a surgeon. Meredith and a few other people at this hospital are all about taking the risk when it could potentially save a patient. And that's why he and Meredith are a good match for each other in surgery. Because what Derek won't consider or isn't thinking of, Meredith will be like, what if we tried this? And she's scra- That's the thing about general surgeons. Like I said before, there's a yeah, bunch of right. solutions. They think about solutions. They think about different w- problem solving. Problem solving is general yeah. surgery. But for Derek and for a lot of people who just have these specialties, they think about one thing and one thing only, their organ. Yeah. They don't think about, oh, we could solve the problem this way or we could solve the problem that way. They see what is the best solution. And they're like, if it's not that, then we shouldn't do it. And that's how she's thinking And we thinking see right in now. this episode where you see the general, like, sh- yeah. the, the general surgery people being like, oh, well, we could use this weird, what is it? like a- They take they decide to take out the organs one at a time. And then Erica's like, that's not Meredith. a good idea. Yeah. Meredith's like, let's take out the stomach and the kidneys. And Erica's like, well, we shouldn't do that because it's two different blood supplies. And then... Um, Later on, they use the umbilical vein to reconnect everything. Yeah. Because, because it was Bailey who was like, oh, this might work. Yeah. I mean, it's and the I girl's think, only shot. She's going to fucking die if somebody doesn't do Exactly. Something. She's going to die anyway. You might as well away. try it. Exactly. Every other hospital has turned them away. I think Christina has some of the scrappiness and like figure it out nature when she finally does become cardio like full time and really get into it where you see her kind of being like well we could use this like unconventional mechanical like graft or whatever you know what i mean like she does have that more on the fly Mm -hmm. nature and i think that's i think she gets that from meredith and seeing meredith's success i think so too and i think that's what makes them immediately click that, yeah, like, they work together. They work together. They need each other to balance it out where it's like, yeah. I feel like Christina could honestly be successful surgeon in any field. She latched Without on to She latched on to cardio because of what I said before. There's this desire, this hunger to be number 1 and I think she realized she could be the best if she went with cardio and also we get her backstory about why she goes into cardio eventually and she explains her dad's car accident and how she like held his heart in her hands right and like that's the reason she wants she's so from the from the first episode she's so one track mind about i have to do cardio because if i was a cardio surgeon back then i could have saved my dad is like how she's going through and she has this desire to be the number one i think every cardio surgeon wants to be the best a surgeon, a star. But I don't get that from Erica. Many of them are. Many of them are. Erica doesn't give me star. Eric, you know what? I will say this. I think, and this, tell me if you agree. When you're not like out as a queer person or like it, w- before you even realize that you're queer, before you realize that you're queer, there feels like there's something missing in your life and it makes your whole life feel kind of gray. And I think that's what she's yeah. kind of getting at with like, Everything was blurry up until this point, and she had that moment of clarity. Yeah, and I would love to see her become electrified by it. And I think yeah. if Kelly would have reacted differently, Erica's mood in this episode would have been completely different. And I feel like she does become more steadfast and more secure in herself and more confident in herself after Erica. I and agree. Kelly I kiss. totally agree with that. I would like to see Erica come back now. Me too. And see really how she's developed and changed and kind of how different they could make her. 
and fit in with these kind of like new generation and all you know what I mean I I would like to see that yeah personally okay so the surgical team explains to the whole family what they're gonna do and the family is just like "Mm, this has never been done before we're not sure if this is the right idea like we're just not sure and then they basically are like you can't do they're like let's do another round of chemo And then Bailey's like, we can't do that. There's no time. Like, this is her only shot. If you want her to be operated on at this hospital, this is the solution that we've determined is the best course of action. And they're like, okay, fine. Like, basically just... Save her. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do it, fucking do it. Right. Um, Christina's getting fed up with the pigs. (laughs) And she's just like, all of the interns are babysitting the pigs, but I needed to come and talk to you because, like, I'm done right now with these pigs. Yeah, I'm and, over it. yeah, she's basically like, I, I didn't go to medical school to operate on pigs. And Bailey's like, I don't fucking care because I have to go do a surgery. Get back to your fucking pigs. <laughs> and Christina's just like, oh, <laughs> she's like, God damn it. I, I love Christina and Bailey interacting. Yeah, um, because Bailey just speaks her language. She knows that Christina is is a shark. Yeah, and she's just like, Christina, I can handle you and you don't scare me and just go back to your pigs and my word is... Law. Yeah. So, also this drama with Meredith and Richard. Like, it's I had weird. kind of forgotten about why he was me mad too. at her. Like, I was like, why is he yeah. mad Yeah, I couldn't fully remember. I knew there was a reason and like, at the end, of, and obviously at the end of the episode they talk about it and I mm-hmm. knew that it would get talked about. Yeah. But I was like... This feels so out of place, like, especially in the Meredith's disposition the rest of the episode. Like, it does yeah. feel kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. But it does make sense, and, like, his reasoning later on makes sense, too. The way she's carrying that doll around the hospital mm. makes her revert to... Yeah, he just sees, like, like... I mean, in her in his mind, it's it takes him back to the days of her childhood where he had an affair with, with Meredith's mom and cheated on his wife. But aside from that, I think just Meredith as an individual, you know how we keep saying she's acting really weird in this episode? I think she's part kind of, of infantilized. Is, I think, yeah, exactly. She's acting very childish. Like what the whole thing with Christina when she's like, oh, he dropped out of the military for you. That's so romantic. Like, I think she's seeing things in a very childish way. And I think part of it has to do with this, like, She's, like, reverting to her childhood also as an individual, and that's why Richard's yeah. getting annoyed, because she is acting kind of childish in this episode. Like, she's still really smart and still a really good surgeon, like, the best surgeon at the hospital. Yeah. But at the same time, like, in her social interactions, we see her acting just really out of character. And I think it's... She's taken back to her childhood with those memories that she has with that doll. Yeah. Yeah, and I think... The doll is such an yeah, it's such an interesting interesting element of the whole episode. It works in so many different parts, and it I'm, helps I'm her glad be that... better. It's like a metaphor. Yeah. it's like a metaphor yeah. for how her childhood has made her a better doctor and a better surgeon because of how she grew up, surrounded by that her whole life, and her mom being who she is and everything like that. Oh my god, it's literally like that. It's literally like the doll is literally a metaphor for how her childhood has turned Meredith into. A really good, well-rounded, knowledgeable, intelligent surgeon. Yeah. And I've never made that connection before. I'm an Anatomy Jane stan. Me too right now. What the fuck? Oh, excuse me. Earlier in the episode, you were dragging her by her wig. Now you're a fan. Hmm. I can be a fan and say she looks ugly. You're fake. 
I've been a Katy Perry fan my whole life. <laughs> now, now, let's not bring Miss Katy into it. All I do is talk shit, but I'm a fan. I love Katy Perry. Me too. She slays. She does. Well, she's always she's so comfortable being in a flop in her flop era. She has been in a flop era since teenage dreams. <laughs> it's been twelve years. <laughs> twelve um, year flop era. Oh but either God. way. Either way. All right. Moving on. So Meredith confronts Richard, and she's just like, why are you mad at me? Like, we're all wondering. Even the fans are wondering, and she, like, looks into the camera. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. But I feel like she is, like, trying to get him to admit what she kind of already knows. She's like, you won't look, why won't you look at me? And he's like, you're just imagining things. Like, go focus on the patient. Stop worrying about what I'm looking at. Yeah, it's just like. She wants acceptance from him because he's, like, the only father figure she really had. And so, and I think, also, that's her teacher. Yeah. At the end of the day, dude, even if you have this bullshit going on, and, like, obviously they have a lot of baggage together, you're her teacher. You need to have some sort of, like, decorum. Yeah. Can I just say, like, the scenes, the scene where they're, like, a team, and Meredith's, like, playing with the doll, and they're, like, arguing over what the best course is, that is a classic Grey's Anatomy scene of what makes Grey's Anatomy so good. I love scenes yeah. like that because it There's shows so many layers. So many layers. We see how they are as team mates. We see how they are as individuals. We get little glimpses of their personality. It was like we were saying before, the general surgeons are more scrappy trying to make do with like solutions that people aren't really thinking about. And then we see like yeah. different specialties being like really picky and specific about how their patients are treated. Like we see... Um, Derek and Mark being like, oh my God, Owen sucks as a trauma surgeon. They're so messy and sloppy. And then we see Christina being like, George is sloppy. I'm a, I'm a heart surgeon. His mistakes are going to cost this patient later. Like everybody has this vision yeah. for what's the best way to take care of their patients. And it shows their personalities as individuals and as surgeons. But I think what makes Grace really magical is when all of them think as a team and each person can contribute something. Like in the surgery scene where they yeah. actually start to operate on the patient and this tumor storyline is so fucking good but like in the scene where they finally start to work on the patient and they're operating on her it's like they're all kind of just in concert yeah and it's perfect because they're like consulting each other erica's like worried about the patient's heart she's like we really need to be careful about this because if like they're if something happens basically she's talking about the aorta i don't even know what the fuck they're talking about but she's just like (laughs) if this happens blood will save the patient we're fucked and but they're just focused on the tumor and like the solution that was proposed or like being really careful yeah. about how they remove the organs and like being really careful about making sure that a bleed doesn't happen. And then Richard's like trying to handle and keep the family at bay where the dad is just like getting pissed off and he really wants an update. And then Richard has to kind of give him like eventually goes out there and is like, I understand. But you need to let me do my job. I'm happy that you're taking care of your your daughter, but like. You can't keep doing that. And the dad has a good moment, too, where he was like, it's hard to get information. It's like, okay, bitch, when information is ready, it will be given to you. I'm literally, my hand is in your daughter's chest. I know, but I'm also, like, on the patient side. because Yeah, like, of course. It's like... But it's also just like, oh, my God, dude. Like, I get it, but I'm on your side. But at the same time, I'm like, you need to let them try. I also just feel like in the surgery scenes and with the, they keep juxtaposing between the pigs and the patient, the pigs and the patient, the pigs and the patient in this part of the episode as we wrap up this episode. 
And like Christina is being a real snob and it's taking her way too long to learn the lesson that she needs to learn. But once she actually does, like it kind of clicks. She's just like, oh my yeah. God, what? Okay, let's do this, blah, blah, blah. And she like jumps into action. I, I loved that moment. But I feel like that's exactly what's happening with this patient where they took really long time to learn the lesson of we need to work together and think creatively if we want to solve this problem. And that's the same thing that Christina had to do if she wanted to save the pigs. But at the end of it, it's almost like a flip. Because in the beginning yeah. of this episode, the patient was the one where everyone was like, there's no way we can save her. Like, the worst has been done. She's a terminal case. Like, we should just basically put her out of her misery and just let her die or just go yeah. to another hospital. And There's no the reason pigs, to keep trying. Right. And with the pigs, they're, like, completely healthy. And then Owen just stabs them for no fucking reason. And everyone was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, that was not the right thing to do. Why did you do yeah. that? Blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the episode, right, because they worked so hard to save this patient, she ended up surviving because of their creativity and because of the way they work together as a team to save the patient. But at the end yeah. of the pig storyline, because of how hard they work to save the patients, meaning the pigs, they became attached to the patient. And then Owen was just like, put the pigs out of their misery, basically, shoot them, oh, kill them. So it's like yeller. hard work on both teams, but the result was like the complete opposite. Yeah, and it's... It's like you go and especially yeah, especially going into each of these cases so differently where it's like a lost cause and then a perfectly healthy person who's then hurt. And it's a, it's a really nice. Yeah, it's a nice it's, balance between yeah. switching back and forth and being able to be like juxtapose these kind of things and the way that these characters are learning, because that's yeah. what a lot of this episode is, is like Mer like they're learning from Meredith as much as she's learning from them in that case. And then Christina's learning so much. And Owen even says, he's like, think about all the things that you were able to learn today. Like you literally because of this. conducted you did blah, 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 surgery, blah, blah, blah. Like dozens of procedures that you never would have gotten to do otherwise, but now you are able to. Literally. It's really, it's a cool, it's a, yeah, it's cool to juxtapose the two storylines. They Both teams grew as surgeons. Yeah. In really different ways. Yeah. So Richard goes out to finally talk to the patient's dad, and the dad is literally like, what the fuck? Like, He's I'm like, not able to bitch. get any updates. Um, what's going on? Somebody needs to tell us what's going on. And he's like, look, we. the most important thing is we're trying to save your daughter, and when I have to come out here to talk to you, that means I'm not in there trying to save your daughter. And he's just like, "Exactly." I don't give a fuck about your ego as a surgeon. I need to know what is going on with my daughter. And I which thought is, that it was, which, he's I'm right. glad that he says, he's right. He, again, it's another one of those scenarios where I'm like, you're both right. You're both wrong. It's the whole episode where it's just like, everyone here is right. You're both right for wanting these things and expecting these things. But at the same time, you need to understand where the other person's coming from too. I don't even think Richard would normally react this way. It's just his grouchiness towards Meredith. That's a Yeah, he's definitely he's not being this as nice. He is definitely the I think he's also a little grouchy yeah. that... Because Bailey sent him to talk to her. Well, to the somebody, ha somebody had to do it. Because, and she was like, you put me in charge. I'm in right. charge. That's true. I love it. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I err on the side of agreeing with the dad more, but I understand where both of them are coming from. Right. And then Owen is just like... <laughs> Owen is not on letting one it go. in this episode. Not like he just go. is like not able to let anything go, and in that way, he is a Taurus because he is stubborn yeah. as fuck. <laughs> He's such he a hardhead. Refuses like, to let Izzy breathe. Like, and also though, Izzy just needs to get the fuck over it. Like, y'all are not gonna see eye to eye. Izzy, stop being so fucking stubborn. 
they're, they're both stubborn, honestly, that neither of them is able to let go of their side. And this is just a classic moment of like agree to disagree. And I don't get why they keep like pushing the issue, just dead the issue and move on. But like, yeah, they're both so yeah, they're both so hard headed. They're and trying just to refuse. like force each other to agree with the other person. And that's never going to happen. So I just don't get why they keep talking about it. Like, just move on. You know what I mean? Like right now, honestly, this is a very stupid example, but my family is trying to plan a family vacation right now. And everyone kind of had to like send ideas of like what kind of house we want to rent. And I sent one and everyone was just like completely against it. And then my uncle was like, okay, so should we add it to the list? And I was like, no, why the fuck would we add it to the list when y'all hate it? Like just agree to disagree and move on. Like it's just, yeah, like it's no hard feelings. It just doesn't benefit. It doesn't benefit us to keep going. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to keep talking about it. Just let it go and let's move on. But like, Izzy and Owen cannot seem to let it go. Like, no. Owen is just like, never. I will let you use the stapler if you can answer some questions about these vaccines. And basically, they were all tested on animals. And then Izzy's like, just because they were tested on animals doesn't mean they're successful. She proves the point by talking about a time where something was tested on an animal and then it ended up like affecting pregnant moms or something like that. I don't remember what yeah, the Yeah, so was. she makes a good, again, she makes a good point, but he's also making a good point. It's another one of those where it's just like, you're both right, you're both wrong. Right, like You don't need to go. keep arguing about right, this. It's right, right. Be- it's not getting anywhere. Right, so Christina stabilizes the pigs, finally. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, um, Lexi's pig crashes. So she's yeah. like, shit, and then she has to like operate. And then it immediately cuts back to the operating room where the surgeons are like working on the tumor and they're like, holy shit, holy shit. Like, I don't know what, what we're going to do. Like, what should we do? And then Erica's like, everyone, these ideas suck, blah, blah, blah. And then Bailey's like, why don't you give us a fucking idea? Because how about you, you stop being a hater? Yeah, you just keep on shooting our ideas down like it's not productive in the slightest. And then Erica's like, well, my idea was just basically not to do it. So I don't get why you guys didn't listen to me. And then Richard's just like, shut the fuck up, all of you. Get over your fucking selves. We need to talk about this and be professional and stop whining about it. And then Bailey's like, okay, we're going to use human umbilical vein. And then Erica's like, okay. And it literally works. I'm glad that she doesn't argue more. It's just like, shut up. Yeah. She's being annoying. Yeah. And then on the other side of that, you have Owen and Izzy are scrubbing out at the same time. And they're like still arguing about all this. And she's like, I'm not less of a doctor because of the way I feel. And walking away from that. And it's like, no one's saying you are. You're just being annoying. Right. Like, just move on. Just be like, he's an asshole. We don't see eye to eye. Right. Just move on. And that's on. that. And then it bounces down to Christina with the pig heart. The pig's heart not isn't, isn't filling with blood. So Christina tells Lexi to massage it. Right. And then she's like, is able to see where the knife actually hit. And she fixes it as Richard... Uh, and Bailey are performing a graft and like all this type of shit. And it's just like bouncing back and forth of this kind of like, they're doing the same thing, but in different ways. Bailey is such a genius. And like, the such way she, a genius. I feel like in this, in this moment, Christina is totally the Erica and Bailey and Lexi are thinking along the same lines. Because I 100%. feel like Lexi is the one who's being positive. She keeps being like, come on, Wilbur. You can make it, blah, blah, blah. And Christine's just like, can you shut up? Like, you're being so annoying. Like, these are just dying pigs. They're not, like, patients. But then slowly but surely, she Lexi gets Christina on board. And then Christina starts yelling, come on, Wilbur. Don't do this. You're stay with yeah. us, Wilbur. And it's like, the same thing is happening in the other OR where it's like, Bailey is the one who's, like, thinking creatively and trying to propose solutions. And 
Erica's the one they, who's just being a grouchy ass like hater. They both needed a kick in the ass. Yeah, but then once the other person kicks them in the ass, they're like, okay, you're right, you're right. I'm a doctor. I'm here to operate. Like, let's do this. Let's save the patient's life. Which is good. And that's what happens sometimes where it's like, it's not always, which is what you, a situation like Owen and Izzy needed where it's like they both needed a kick in the ass to just move on. Okay. And did you notice that for both the pig and the girl, it was their hearts? Yeah, it always comes back to that. So Bernie, who is my girlfriend, was sitting right next to me when they both got their heartbeats back, and she literally started crying, <laughs> and she does not watch oh the show. Oh my god, that because is so it, cute. I love Bernie. It was such an emotional moment, though. Like, I have to admit, like, this show has no business making us cry as hard as we have. Like, within an inch oh of my, my life, god. this show has me crying most of the time. But, like... Like, sobbing like family members died. For an outsider of the show to just literally be sitting next to me and catch one moment and literally start weeping as if she got bad news. Like I love that. It was such a powerful moment when they both It is, their it's a good show. Back. They know how to really tug on your emotions like that. Yeah. Um so we're back to Callie and she still has no concept of bisexual. Um <laughs> she just is like lost in the sauce. She has no idea which way's up. Basically Mark is saying like you had an orgasm, why are you upset? And she's like well erica cried this morning after we had sex and mark is like it's a good thing and then kelly's like it was a revelation and the sex was awesome but like i also had really good sex with you so like what does it mean i thought there was going to be a difference like there was for for erica and he's like well i don't know if you want to be a cheater but i think you should probably talk to erica about the fact that we just had sex He's like, I'm fine with you being a cheater, but I don't know if she is. So, like, you need to go and talk to her about that. Yeah, and I think he puts it really nicely. And, like, he, he he puts it delicately as much as he can. He's trying to be a supportive friend. It's just he doesn't even have the... How the he fuck doesn't is know Mark how. Suppo- yeah, how the fuck is Mark supposed to know? I mean, he's my and favorite then, guy on the show, but there's just no way yeah. he can solve this problem for her. This is something that she needs to figure out on her own. Exactly. So he's it's not, not able job. to give her the advice that she needs to hear in this moment. He's trying really no. hard, but he just can't. But he still does help, even though it's kind yeah. of like a rudimentary way. Yeah. He's just like, it's his way of saying, <laughs> he's not able to be like, Callie, just, why don't you realize that you're bisexual? He's not saying that in the slightest, because yeah. he doesn't even know... Like, what's That's going what on? That's what she is, or whatever. He just relates it back to the whole, like, sex thing, which is funny because it still helps her. The, the advice is yeah, so stupid, at the end but of it the still day. helps her. He's like, okay, but anyway, I, I get all that. Um, But does she know that we had sex? I think you should talk to her. And, like, the advice that she just needs to talk to Erica. <laughs> I, literally. <laughs> oh, it's that fucking simple, and these people never realize it. I love Mark. Uh, I love Mark. So, moving on, um, Derek and Mark are still mad at Owen, and they're like, you almost made us kill that guy for what you did with the glue. (laughs) And then Owen's like, okay, tell me what you want me to do for next time. I would genuinely like to know if there's a better way to do it. Yeah, and again... He's like, I'm coming from a war zone. We did what we made do with what we could. I'm scrappy. We, We have two sides on this episode. Not just people who are right and people who are wrong, but people who take varied approaches or do think a little bit differently or think outside the box. More on their feet. People who are very meticulous and straightforward and specific with their approach and methodical. We see some of them cross over. We see, yeah, like it happens not just in. Oh my god, this episode is blowing my fucking mind. I was really on one when I chose this. <laughs> okay, 
Because it, not even in just the, the way people operate, but the people, the emotional side of things, right? Like Callie is dealing with, she used to live her life one way and now she's being forced to look at her life another way or like think another way that she's not used to and it makes her really uncomfortable. And then Erica yeah. has always thought one way about her life and is forced to look at things from a different way and loves it. She's so happy about it. She's like, wow, oh my God, like sex with a woman. Holy cow, I never would have thought. But then when they go into the operating room, it's the complete opposite. Erica's being forced to look at things from a different opinion. And because of the way that Callie reacted to the emotion side of things, now she's not willing to try something different. She's like, no, this yeah. is the only possible way we can solve this problem. And then the same thing happens with like, the same thing happens with the pigs and with Owen and with Derek and with Mark. Because Christina is being trained in cardio and she has this vision for like what a patient should look like, what the right approach is. But when she see how... Owen is trying to force her to be creative with how she solves problems. And adapt on her feet. And and adapt on her feet. It actually makes her better as a surgeon. Yeah. And she's able to save and stabilize every single pig in that operating room. Even though at first she was criticizing George's method because it was sloppy. She realized sometimes sloppy is needed to first get your feet on stable ground and then go from there. Everything doesn't have to be perfect from the jump. It can be kind of messy at first and you can get yourself to a place where it's perfect. Oh my God, this episode, holy shit. Hell yeah. I'm doing the utmost right now because I'm giving- No, it you should though. It's a banger fucking episode. There's so many, there's so much layered here. Am I even like, I don't know, honestly- You're not reaching. Part of me is being like, am I reaching? Like, am I giving no, them too you're much not credit? Reaching. But then the other no, part of me I is like, it's... no, they're smart enough to put this together like this. I think they're so, they're always so deliberate in the storylines that they set up to kind of mirror each other and work and benefit each other. So I don't think you're reaching at all. Wow. This episode is amazing. Yeah. And this then Bailey. Is amazing. Bailey yeah. tells Erica, you were a dick today. Yeah. You were, you made it hard for everyone. We did a good job, but it wasn't because of you. Which is, like, fucking brutal. But she's right. She's But she's not... The best part about Bailey is that she's not gonna hold back because she might hurt your feelings. She's gonna be honest with you because that's what you need to hear. And that's what Erica needed to hear. She's she like, tells you were, people the right information. You weren't a team player today and you weren't a helpful surgeon today. Right. And then, eventually, that then it bounces over to Owen and, and Christina. And Owen's literally like, good, good job stabilizing them. Now kill them. Yeah, and uh, Christina refuses, and she's upset. And then they talk about all the things she learned today and how beneficial it was for her. But like, still, Christina doesn't. Owen want is like to do rubbing that. everybody the wrong way in this episode. Out of the gate, which I like, think, yeah, every single person in this episode is made to be extremely uncomfortable by Owen purposefully. Yeah, I think he and kind then, of takes pride in it a little bit, and also part of him is just like unaffected by it. He's just like. I, because okay. he's thinking about it as like I have a job to do, I need to get it done. He's not. He's not thinking about. He's in military mode. Or... No, he's exactly. in military mode. Exactly, and he explains that when he talks about why he couldn't remember her name and everything like that. And it's like he explains he's still kind of trying to readjust to life after that event that happened that traumatized him, mm. which I think makes sense. And I think it isn't that isn't an excuse, but it makes sense why he's acting this way. In this, and especially in this scene and the scene with him and Derek and Mark where he's like, okay, tell me what to do then. Right. Like, I want to do better. If I could do better, I want to. He's not being malicious. He's just not coddling anybody. He's just here to for the job, to get the job done. Right. So. Right. That's that. That's that. And then Callie. Wait, I just, wait, I just, one more thing. 
Not me being an Owen Hunt defender. Uh, right. I was just letting you what go on. But, like, we need to come back to, like, for the people on the pod who are, like, Owen haters for the for the most part. Yeah, don't get you me wrong. At the are, end of the no, day, at the are, end of the day, I'm still are. a hater. Yeah. But in this episode, I think, I think the reason I, again, I think I hate him as much as I do later on is because I think he's set up in a really interesting way and they don't follow any of the breadcrumbs that they laid out for themselves. It's like the one time Grace has done that. Or maybe he just yeah. is one of those characters that doesn't grow, kind of like Karev. And see, that's yeah. what, that's what pisses me off about Karev. He could have had so much growth, and we True. started to see growth for a little while, and then it's like, nope. He's but you know a what the fucked asshole. up thing is? There but. are probably a lot of people out there who really, really like Owen. And there's also a fucked up part of me that's like, you know what? This is okay. Nobody, don't send me hate for this, and don't unfollow <laughs> us for this. But some of the beloved characters don't show that much growth either. No. Absolutely not. It takes them, like, six seasons to fucking develop a personality or change half the time. Like, look how long it took Meredith to have, like, a really monumental change. I don't want to name names, but Meredith was the one I was thinking of. Like, yeah. I feel like Oh, she, absolutely. Her main growth it takes comes her after like, she goes to that therapy, but even after yeah, that, there's parts of me there's that not are, like, much. she's not evolved that much. She's still kind of... She's still Meredith. Yeah, at the end of the day, she's still who she is, just with minor changes here and there. Are you a believer that people can change? Are you the kind of person who's just like, people are who they are, and like, they can grow a little bit, but like, for the most part, they don't change? I think people can change, but I think most of the I think generally people can change. I think most people don't want to or don't think they need to. So that's why they don't. I think that's why we see more incremental changes, things like that here and there, because I don't think people realize or believe that they need to make massive drastic changes but i think they can i think they're capable it's just hard so people don't do it right especially when when the way that they hear about the change or like when they learn that they need to change is like it's coming from outside a lot of the time yeah it's almost it's very rarely realization exactly somebody being like oh i really can't with this part of you like you need to grow and change as a person the and then nobody, I mean, defensive. nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. But it sometimes to you be have told to. That. Yeah. Well, it depends what the reason is. Like, thinking about, like, in a relationship. If you were in a relationship with someone and they were like, this aspect of your personality that you say defines you completely turns me off of you. And if you love our relationship at all, you'll try to change. Yeah, I think that's... And receiving an ultimatum like that is incredibly difficult i think most people would rather not change than save a relationship yeah i'm like generally anti-ultimatum because i think it puts too much pressure pressure on one person to Mm -hmm. save the relationship or save the situation when a lot of the times it's a uh two-person job to do that also if one person has a boundary and expresses that boundary and the other person doesn't want to change it's both people's prerogative but it's probably going to result in a breakup because Somebody yeah. doesn't need to change, but at the same time, the other person doesn't have to compromise their boundary. Like, if the boundary was, I can't date a smoker. Yeah, exactly. And the I, other person I think was like, a... well, this is an addiction, but also I like it. So, on both counts, I'm not going to do it. And th- this is like Carrie and Aiden right now, but like, oh my God, just thinking yeah. about that relationship, Carrie gave up smoking. She literally quit smoking because she wanted to be with Aiden, but then she started the smoking. Ugh. Carrie should only be a smoker. I'm pro smoking if it's Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> Full stop. Me too. Me too. That bitch needs a cigarette. Like Carrie Bradshaw <laughs> is at her worst when she's not smoking. Wait, that is so wrong as a as a Aiden lover. You should not be saying that. I love Aiden. 
But I think the... I, but I like Carrie when she's smoking and she's an asshole. <laughs> I like Carrie best when she's the villain. I wish that Carrie could have been with Aiden but still be a smoker, but it just goes against his complete and utter ethos and there's no way that could have uh, yeah. There's no way this it could have worked. This is a pro-Aiden Shaw podcast. Yeah, this is. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> We need to finish up this episode now. Yeah, it's been like, we're, it's almost two hours. We're taking too fucking long on this episode, but it's such a good one. No regrets. It's a if good banger. Like it, it's a, you know it's what a I'm banger gonna say. episode. You know what I'm going to say. If you don't like it, tell get us, but don't unfollow. <laughs> Listen to all the episodes still, don't unfollow, but get your own. All right. Erica and Callie finally talk. Thank God. And Callie's just like, I need to tell you something. I slept with Mark twice today. and <laughs> It's so funny how she says it. She's like, I slept with Mark. And Callie, Amer- Erica goes, okay. And she's like, twice. And she's like, okay. And she's like, if that's your idea of an apology. <laughs> and she's right. But like, I'm do- I am glad they have this conversation. And they're kind of just like, they, they communicate with each other. And they're like, okay. And then they move on. And then that's it. And now they're together. It's that simple. It was that simple the whole time. Yeah. Callie was just like, I don't know what the future holds. I want to be with you. I just don't know, like, if I am in the same headspace as you about it. Like, we're just... At different... There there are different places for different things. And I think that's good. And I think... But they move on. They're like, "We're, we're good. Yeah. And then they... Whatever. They probably fuck in that room. And it's great. Yeah. It's awesome. And then Richard pages Merida. Richard pages and Merida, they, and it's just like Tori has a whole army, and you didn't have anyone. And it's yeah. like, stop! I did not want to cry. No, me either. It got me though. It got me. I, that Meredith and Richard have such a complicated relationship. It makes me so confused all the time about how I feel about. It. It's like every day it confuses me when I watch a show. I feel like she sees him as. Not, like not just a mentor or a teacher but but a really, father a father figure i really do she see i think she sees him that way i really do think that i agree and i think that's why it's so difficult for her to feel like she's ever disappointing him or doing something they're at that odds. he doesn't agree with they're at odds he won't look at her or they're not communicating effectively or he does something that makes her upset and on the one hand, I'm just like, wait, why the fuck does she feel so entitled to this or that? Or like, why is she acting so affected by him? And then I realized, oh, it's because she didn't really have a dad and he was the closest thing that she had to it, basically. It's also like, I think about it sometimes like this, where I can imagine Meredith is like, all of the thing, like my mom was the way she was because of the shit that she went through with you. Like a lot of it, you know what I mean? Obviously, mm-hmm. there's other probably neuroses there or whatever. But a lot of the blame could be put, or not of the blame, but could be it could be traced back to Richard and um, Ellis. So it's almost like she almost puts Richard on a pedestal because it's like, you have to be this amazing person, whatever, all this shit, if you were able to have such an impact on my mom, who was such an extraordinary person and all this. And it's like, if you're not worth it, why do why was I so fucked up and why did I have to bear the brunt of it if you were just, like, some fucking guy? Mm. You know what I mean, almost? Mm-hmm. Where she's, like... It's, like, she kind of want doesn't want to disappoint him or him disappoint her because then it's, like, well, then what was it all for? Mm-hmm. If you weren't this great guy who was my mother's great love, why was it... Wh- why would she do this? Why would she blow up her marriage and move me across the country and treat me the way she did and be all this if you weren't actually worth it? Right. 
you know? Yeah. It's just like, I think the show did a really good job at making us care about this relationship and also at giving it different, um, like, facets. Like, there's a lot yeah. of different aspects to this relationship. She trusts him as a mentor. She trusts him as a former love of her mother's who is amazing. She trusts him as and loves him as a father figure because he was around a lot during her childhood and maybe looked out for her a little bit in some ways. But like at the same time, I think it's complicated because she sees him as somebody who betrayed her mother, somebody who didn't yeah. look out for her enough. Like in the time and caused all of this harm, caused a lot of harm, broke her family apart, or made her mom become extremely depressed as an individual. Oh my god, it's so fucking complicated. This is one of my favorite relationships that they explore on the show, though. Me too. Like, absolutely one of my top five. It's so, it's always so dynamic and interesting, and there's so many layers to it, and it's always, like, a good back and forth Mm -hmm. on, like, who's feeling what that day. Yeah. But this is a good episode for them, too, even though Meredith is kind of on the back burner. Yeah. And then Um, Christina and Lexi. Christina and Lexi, this is a scene. Christina's like, I can't do it. And Lexi's like, they're going to suffer unless we do it. And that's another way of Lexi giving Christina the kick in the ass to be like, you call yourself this doctor and you call yourself amazing and you all you care about is saving these patients and everything like that. This is another way that you can save them. Like, they're going to suffer unless we put them down. You could do This is the right thing to do. Yeah. And then um, Callie and Mark. <laughs> this is a cute scene. I love when Callie and Mark act like bros. It's just cute. Me too. Um, they're just they're buddies. And yeah, they're just buddies. This is like so validating for Mark because he's like, I mean, all of his relationships revolve around like meaningless sex and all this. So he assumed that him and Callie were like not going to be anything anymore. And she's like, no, we're friends, you fucking idiot. Like, right. Like, we're going to go get a drink. You're good for more than just sex. Like, yeah. And it, I'm glad that they like. This is because they were friends and everything before this, but they were like fuck buddies. This yeah. is the start to them really being like besties, each other's person, yeah. in the same way that Meredith and Christina are each other's person. Yeah, it's <sighs> sweet. Then we cut to George. Um, we get a very Grey's Anatomy conversation when yeah. she's like the cadence. She's like, I named the pigs today. Every I feel like there's so many conversations on Grey's Anatomy where one person where it just has- starts in the middle. Right. Well, one person in the conversation has this thing called dramatic irony, which is when the audience knows, but the character that you're watching doesn't know. So, like, we know what yeah. he's talking about, but George has no idea. So <laughs> she gets really emotional, and she's just like, talk. She's just like blabbering about the pigs, and like, ugh, I just hate George. I don't know. I, I hate I, George. He bothers me so much. Um, and then we cut to Izzy and Alex. And he's just such a jerk. He's a he's, dick. He's so stupid. He's so Again, stupid. you're right. They are perfect for, perfect for each other each other in a derogatory way. Literally. She's like, I just don't want you to see other people. And he's like, I was trying to tell you that pretty much. And it, I just hate them. I really do. I don't like either of them. <laughs> they kiss. And, he's, and she's like, let's go steady. He's like, okay. And then they like obviously are about to have sex. But like. They're so lame. They're just lame. I don't like that couple. They need communication stuff. They need help with their they communication. Need they need therapy. And then it cuts back to Meredith and she's opening boxes. And Derek opens one that has a bunch of diaries in it. And it's like, this is the start of something. And I just... It's oh, crazy. It's crazy. I wish that my dad had a huge collection of journals. Because I feel like it's a magnifying oh, yeah. glass like into the mind of your parent. 
really my mom had a couple of diaries that I've seen before and that they were like really short though. Like she didn't document yeah. every single day of her life. Like she kind of like tried to keep it for a little while and then just gave up. So like you read it and you're like, oh my God, I want more. And then it just ends. But like, imagine I, I couldn't imagine to... having that like wealth of resource about to like your, understand your parent. parent more. Oh my God. And their psyche and like see them as... This is the crazy part about having... Especially when you're in the same profession as them. Yeah, but we all do this thing where we romanticize our parents in some way. We don't really see them as individuals. We see them as, like, our parents. So when we learn stuff about them that humanizes them and brings them down to our level, it's, like, scandalous almost. We're like, oh, my God, she fell in love with her coworker, and then (laughs) he cheated on his wife for her. And, like, seasons later, she's like, wait, what? They had a... A secret baby that I never found out about named Maggie and who's now working at the hospital. It's just like all this crazy shit that she learns in the journal. Oh, my God. My mom slit her wrist. But wait, she's an amazing world-renowned surgeon and knew that that wouldn't kill her. What the fuck is going on? Oh, my God. I love the journals as a narrative device. Me too. Perfect. Really. I always like stuff like that. I mean, like Carrie's column is a really good example of something similar where it's like a deeper look into your main character and like the lives around them. Yeah. But I, while I was watching that scene, I was like, oh, you know, it'd be really interesting thing to do at the end of the show, like when they finally end it, is that Meredith kind of like compiles all of her mother's journals and like annotates it. And like they could releases that as Grey's Anatomy. Oh, wow. And like, I don't know. I was like, it's so stupid and corny. But like at this point, I can imagine the show doing something stupid and corny like that. Or just kind of like her own journals being a part of it. Cause I'm like, I don't I think, know. I really I like that, the journals. You know what I really think? Cause Meredith does voiceover in every single episode. Yeah. We talked it's about gonna this. Be, it's going to be journals. It's like, gotta be right. It, 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 there's just no way that they're having. It's going to be Zola reading her journals. It is going to be somebody reading her journals. It might even not be, we might not even see a character that like, We've gotten a like it might not be Zola, maybe it will be one of our other kids, or maybe it'll be all of her kids. Yeah, together. like Bailey or Ellis. Or maybe it could be her at like a book signing and she's like retired yeah. as a surgeon and has decided to publish her journals as a series or as a memoir or something like that. That would be cool. Oh my god. Some shit like that. It's gotta be something like that. Because yeah. it's so rare. Like we get more now. You'll get ran- other people randomly vo- doing the voiceover. But for the most part, it's always Meredith. Yeah. It's it, yeah, I don't know. It's got to be something like that. But okay. Holy shit. That was season 5 episode 6. Um thank you everyone for listening. Our socials and website are linked in the description of the pod. If you listened until this point, we are so God grateful bless for you. You, <laughs> you are oh a God. fucking real one. We went overboard on this one, but we had a really good time. So thanks for listening. Please share and subscribe. Yeah. And yeah, thank you again so much for listening. It means a lot. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. He's online. Can he see me? What the hell is she talking about? Who's this? Can I speak to Angelina, please? No, she died.